Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatment so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is product elimination diet for chronic skin problems. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Sandy Skutnicki. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Skutnicki is the founding director of the Bay Dermatology Center and is assistant professor at the University of Toronto Department of Medicine in the divisions of dermatology and occupational and environmental health. Dr. Skutnicki is a consultant dermatologist at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto and is an expert in allergic skin disease. She is also the author of Beyond Soap, the real truth about what you are doing to your skin and how to fix it for a beautiful, healthy glow, which details her product elimination diet. Dr. Skutnicki, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Why is there such an epidemic of skin issues these days? It seems like in the past 10 years that mm-hmm. skin issues are just growing exponentially. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason I wrote the book. Um, my interest is allergic reactions to skin care or just reactions to skin care and other things that touch the skin. We call it in medicine contact dermatitis. But, I mean, I've been a dermatologist now 22 years, and the number of people coming in with reactions unknowingly to something they're using um, has increased. And this is not just, you know, my opinion. It's been shown both uh, in the U.S. and in Europe that reactions to skincare products and and skincare ingredients, both natural and synthetic, have increased. There's also a a huge increase in the last um, half century in conditions like eczema, asthma and food allergies and I kind of delve into the book it's a complicated story and I think I lay it out pretty pretty interestingly about how we got here and a lot of it has to do with how we take care of our skin which is we do too much to our skin so tell tell us about that I know we tend to be like overly clean using you know products that have antibacterial soap Mm -hmm. and uh what the Purell and whatnot so Actually, that for the hands, you know, um, so one of the interesting things for me when I was researching this, like writing a book is, I know you've written a book as well, it's a, you start off with a very sort of succinct vision of what you think it's going to be and then you do all the research and what happened was when I did the research, I I went back quite far to 1950 and I, I really did a wide search, not just dermatology, but um 
medicine, microbiology, um, general medicine, genetics. And what I, what I learned was, was actually a lot of new information for me. And the, one of the funnest chapters to write was, was chapter, um, two, where I kind of look at the history of cleanliness. Like, how did we get to the point where we have a shower every day or sometimes twice a day? We use shampoo every day, even when your hair's not dirty. And so, and then sort of to, to make uh, a distinction between what it means to be clean and what it means to be hygienic. And when you're talking about Purell and alcohol hand sanitizer, so your hands are the thing that you really want to keep clean because uh, that's the the tool for transmission of disease and um there's been countless studies to show that alcohol hand sanitizers are actually better because hand washing with soap and water most people don't do it properly you have to do it for two uh happy birthdays and you knew you, you, you know nobody washes their hands that long the other thing about what you mentioned about cleaning is um it's more the ph the ph of the skin is acidic and it's so key to um, everything that the skin needs to function, both uh, the bacteria on the skin, there are sort of our layer of skin that it acts like a permeable barrier. We call it uh, the, the uh, stratum corneum. And if the pH isn't acidic, it doesn't work properly. And natural soaps, like the, the first soaps that came along back in the, you know, the, the 40s and the 50s, were alkaline so the ph was like 10 and what we feel and in many dermatologists and and uh, other physicians in the world feel like the the high ph cleaning of the skin and water itself has damaged our barrier and maybe led to this increase in eczema and allergies um and then there's the other question of you know just the sheer number of ingredients that are in skincare now the lack of regulation in north america in particular and the number of people reacting to these ingredients in their skincare and, and unknowingly you know one of the things i talk about in the book is reactions to shampoo they're not going to affect your hair they're going to affect your face so we see a lot of people coming in with uh chronic um, recalcitrant dermatitis or rosacea on the face and I say listen it could be from your hair care and it's sort of a light bulb goes off and they go oh I never really thought about that so that's a long answer <laughs> no no I appreciate that that's that's wonderful information so as you said fundamentally the the soap is alkaline the pH is high which means it's alkaline yep. and then I would assume that that would affect the bacteria that live on our skin Absolutely. And that's the really the sort of unknown, right? We don't really know what this has done over the last, you know, 50 to 60 years. What what have we been doing? Um, the, the science isn't there, too. So I have some colleagues that push back, but a lot of people go, well, you know, I've never really thought about that. You know, soap has been used for, for you know, decades. And have we actually done something to our skin microbiomes over over those uh, decades, and you know, part of the problem too is there's a push to want to go more natural. And I'm I'm all for things that have science behind them. But the problem with traditional soaps, and a lot of people want to go back to sort of natural milled soaps, is if they're alkaline, they're very bad for the skin, in particular for children. And um, this is one place where research and uh, the cosmetic industry has actually improved cleansers in that they're pH adjusted, the detergents are not strong and they won't, you know, damage that sort of skin barrier that I talked about earlier. And that's another important part of the, the book and a really important concept. A lot of patients will say, you know, oh, it's like a light bulb went off. When you think about your skin as a brick wall, 
and the bricks are the cells and the mortar is your lipids and water just even water um, and soap diminish that mortar so you're actually getting a leaky wall so what have we done like what do we do when we when we go into the shower every day and we we, we disrupt our natural barrier to the environment have we actually done something and I think the answer is yes uh, we don't have all the science and most recently uh, what I found really interesting I sort of came full circle for me with the book when it was published last May after my book came out was a link between food allergies and the skin barrier so we've been looking for you know abnormalities in the gut or have are we are we introducing allergens you know too early in foods is there an issue with breastfeeding but nobody's been looking at the skin and the skin is the biggest barrier to um, or protection from what's coming into our body. And so there was a study published in, in um, April looking at mice who were sensitized to peanut allergy through the skin once their skin barrier was disrupted with soap and water. That's so interesting because, well, you probably already know this, there's a lot of research going on right now about the gut microbiome Yes, and yeah. what we call leaky gut. You got yeah. That's that's our slang term, and yeah. so and and so what you're saying that that makes sense that your skin mm-hmm. barrier could also be in a sense leaky, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, then that starts to sensitize the immune system. Very interesting. Yeah, and you know it's so early in its infancy and in, uh, in the research and um, sorry early in the research, but uh, there's a lot of pushback. Like when I say to people. You know, you don't need to wash so much. Don't just only wash your bits. Don't use, you know, traditional soap. Use cleansers. Um, and people just look at you with like disgust. Like, and and this is the other really important part of the book, um, and one that I was a bit reticent to write, but I think it came off okay, and the reception actually has been better than I had hoped. Was sort of about the marketing. I mean, the reason we are so clean has got nothing to do with health. It's got to do with advertising. Because we're sold this, this you know, wash every day. This, the, the, you know, if you go back to uh, the Irish Spring ads, are hilarious. The, fo- the guy in the shower washing his whole body. And, it, you know, we're told that this is what you need to do to be healthy and to be beautiful. And I'm, I'm sort of trying to show the opposite. It's uh, that it's actually not. And, and people say, well, I, don't, I can't not wash every day. That's gross. I mean, that's not healthy. And so you're really sort of pushing against this advertising agency that tells you, um, sorry, advertising market that tells you you need to do that every day. You know, the, the really interesting thing is I often get men come in with short hair or no hair, and, and they're shampooing their hair every day. And, and they get itchy. They get itchy backs and they get itchy legs in the winter because detergent strips all those natural oils. And I say, well, why are you doing that? Like, your, your hair's not dirty. And they look at me and they're like, well, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Because that's what the advertising industry has told us we have to do. And it's not necessary for health. That's what I'm trying to explain. You know, now that you bring that up, you're so correct about that because this is, this is what we've been shown through mm-hmm. marketing that we mm-hmm. need to lather up you know we have to have soap all over and just lathering up and and like you said that's actually not natural in a sense it's not, it's not well i mean if you look at the evolution of, of humans um i talk a little about that in the in the book as well i mean homo sapiens have, have been around two hundred thousand years um and the, the genus is probably like two million and it's only in the last 150 that we've been cleaning it like up until then, we lived with the earth, 
in the microbiome on the skin and the inside. And so we have to try to find to this, we have to find a common ground where people don't, like no one wants to smell, no one wants to feel dirty. Um, and, you know, I, sometimes I get aggravated because uh, this is just another, okay, so the marketing machine of beauty will just latch onto this and say, okay, so now we need products to protect the microbiome. And now we need products that are going to repair them. Like, let's just stop washing and cleaning so much in the first place. Um, it, it's like another whole area of uh, beauty products now to, to help repair the microbiome that we've been damaging by overwashing. So I find that um, funny and a bit frustrating as or, well. Or they might have a special ingredient soap called dirt, and they might put yeah. dirt in the soap. <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a company I talk a little bit about in the book called Mother Dirt. Um, they have uh, uh, they've become quite. They're not so crazy now. They're become more mainstream. Where they actually have a spray of bacteria that you can put on the skin, um, and it has to be refrigerated. And then they have products that help not decrease the you know, basically remove the bacteria that you're putting on. Um, it's a, it's a longer story and it's quite interesting, but yeah, the t- the name of their product is mother dirt. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I would suspect that some of our listeners tuning in, they might think like this, this does sound kind of crazy, but yeah, you know, Dr. Sandy, when you think back to the research that was done, oh, so many years ago, just looking at, uh, people that grew up on farms, huh. Versus yeah, people yeah. that grew up in the city. Yeah, farm effect. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that just real fast. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, I, mean, I, I talk about it in the book a little bit, but the farm effect, um, it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine back in, was it 2012, uh, showing that, you know, kids had less asthma. They were protected by gram-negative bacteria on their skin through living in, in a farm environment and being exposed to more dirt and animal dander. There's also studies to show that um, kids that have animals uh, have less allergy, which you'd think it would be the other way around, right? But if um, and if we go back to washing and soap and all that stuff, the critical period, because we I think by adulthood your microbiome may be somewhat, uh, and the studies actually, this, the early studies coming out show that it's quite... Um, um, it, it, it doesn't change. It, you can wash and you can do things, and it's, I, I can't think of the word I'm, I'm looking for. Um, oh, anyway, stable, stable. The microbiome is stable. And, uh, but with um, infancy, in the first two years, I think that's where we can make a really big impact um, on how we wash the kids, how we wash babies during the first year of life, especially if they have a genetic predisposition towards getting eczema or allergies. And there was a study published uh, back in 2014 showing that kids that have a genetic predisposition towards getting eczema, if you prophylactically uh, moisturize them from birth till six months and you don't use any detergents, soap or sodium lauryl sulfate, you use uh, pH-adjusted cleansers, the, you can decrease the incidence of them um, developing atopic eczema by, by, by about 50%. And now there are longer-term studies looking at that. And um, eczema is often the first thing in what we call the atopic march. So they'll get, babies can get eczema, then they can get asthma, then they can get food allergies. So again, the skin seems to be the gatekeeper to all these other conditions. And if we can change how we take care of the baby's skin with respect to washing and detergents and moisturizing, you can Im- impact the incidence of those conditions. 
So now let's switch gears and can you explain your product elimination diet? Right. Well, that's another reason I, I wrote the book. Uh, I wrote the book because I was frustrated in, with patients coming in and I, I get referred patients from all over the place with you know, persistent reactions and questionable, like, I think I'm reacting to something I'm using, I'm not sure. And um, there's, a, there's a bit of a disconnect between what is, um, and I had this conversation just, just the other day with a student, what is toxic and what can give you a rash? They're actually different. So if you think about poison ivy, poison ivy can give you the worst rash around, but it's a plant, right? It's, it's natural. So what happens is a lot of people, when they get patients, when they get rashes or they have, uh, you know, their kids get eczema or they have rosacea or they're, you know, they're like, okay, I'm going to go natural because I want to use something that is safer. But when it comes to skin rashes, eczema, itchy stuff, red scaly stuff, rosacea, whatever name you want to call it, you want to use things that aren't going to give you reactions, both allergic and irritant. And that's got nothing to do with whether it's plant-based or synthetic. So there's a big disconnect in the public. So part of the reason for the product elimination diet was to give patients a list of products that don't have ingredients that will give them rashes. And, you know, I've had some pushback because people say, well, there's parabens in some of your products. Well, parabens don't give rashes. That, that, that my, my product elimination diet isn't about toxicity. It's about getting, uh, having a list of products that you will have the best success with them if you're having chronic eruptions. And the other reason I did the list was because marketing and labeling, unfortunately, are not... Um, they're just not regulated. You can't. You can't, as a consumer, go out and get something that says sensitive skin, or for um, even for eczema, or um, all natural. I mean, none of this stuff is regulated very well. So consumers are at a disadvantage, and that's the other reason I, I sort of did this. The diet is a play on words. It's funny. Some people think it's a food. It's got. It's got nothing to do with food. It's got. Uh, I first heard about the the concept at a meeting, and a, another dermatologist in in the states called it uh, a low cal uh, skincare list. Low cal being low contact allergen list, so it's a play on on words. Um, and uh, so it doesn't have the most common things in skincare that give reactions. So that would include fragrances, both synthetic and natural. Lavender is an issue, like all these things that people think are better, and, and, and uh, I sort of say no, step back from that just until your rashes get better. Um, preservatives like formaldehyde-releasing preservatives, methyl isothiazinolones, um, other kind of organic ingredients that are um, associated with both allergy and irritation, and then a few other, you know, the, the names are long and complicated, and they're in my book. Uh, so that's... That's the impetus. And patients basically follow this product elimination diet from their head to their toe, including shampoos and detergents and uh, everything that touches the body. They hopefully get better uh, or improve within a month. And then once they're better, they can reintroduce products that they miss because a lot of fragrance-free and plant-free um, products are kind of boring and not very exciting. And I'm also, I have to be realistic in that patients if, if they don't like things, they're not going to use them. So you have to sort of, it's a, it's a reset. You stop everything, you use this list, then you can reintroduce products that you miss one per week. And that's the key. 
the other thing that's really important about this diet is that um, products have to play together. And this is a concept that I think a lot of patients don't understand. If you take the average woman and you look at how many products she puts on her face, let's say let's say you come to me and say, I'm, I'm constantly getting scaly eyelids and I get a little rash around my mouth and sometimes I get itchy on my neck. And I said, okay, so you use your cleanser, your, your toner, your moisturizer, your shampoo, your conditioner, your concealer. Before you know it, your face has had about 500 ingredients. If you count, tally up your 10 products and all their ingredients. And it's the accumulation of all of them together. It's not one thing that's causing the problem. And that's, that's why you have to eliminate and then start over. I'm really happy that you brought that up because from a dietary perspective, you, you know, when we're doing a traditional elimination diet and mm-hmm. we're trying to wipe the slate clean of all of the, what we think are the likely problematic foods, mm-hmm. um, it makes sense that the product elimination diet would be similar. That mm-hmm. if So if you as a listener out there, you have some rash or, or something and you've tried uh, swapping this out or swapping that out and you're not getting any results, yeah. Yeah. then what Dr. Sandy's making, the point that Dr. Sandy is making is to, to me that it makes the most sense of you clear the slate clean totally yeah. And you use the products with the least number of ingredients. And as you said, you've already outlined that in your book. Mm-hmm. And then you just give it time mm-hmm. to see if it works and it likely will. And then you just slowly add things one by one. And to yeah. find that, like, as you said, kind of that middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that combination that works for you. Because what happens is exactly what you said. Patients come and say, I switched my cleanser and I switched my moisturizer to you know something for sensitive skin. I said, well, first of all, sensitive skin is not regulated, and show me what you're using. Okay, so it has this and that in it, which can still give you a rash, and you haven't you know considered your shampoo or your detergent, or and so you have to kind of it's like a reset. Um, and where where because my book's been out for a year now, I've, I've had a ton of people come back and emailing and facebooking and getting better, but there is still a percentage of people who have actual disease. So let's take asthma for an example, because I, I like asthma because people with skin, sometimes they just, I don't know what it is, they don't see it the same way. So if you have asthma, you can live in a bubble and have a pristine environment and no dust, no animal dander, and none of, but you still have asthma, so you're still potentially going to have an attack and you still need medicine. So with the skin, if you have, your dad had eczema, your mom has asthma, because they're all kind of genetically related, if you cut out everything and your skin improves, let's say, 60% or 70%, you still need some medicine because you have a genetic disease. Where, where, I, get, where I was getting frustrated was people that um, had seen their physicians were given medicines like steroids and rosacea treatments, and they weren't getting better because they were using products that were aggravating their condition. It's like if you have asthma and you're smoking, it does no amount of puffers or medications are going to stop you from flaring because the smoke is aggravating your condition. So I kind of, my one chapter is called Smoke for the Skin. So it's like all the products that you're using are actually aggravating your skin. So no amount of medication is going to work. But the reverse is true. If you cut out everything and you still have a little bit of rash or still a bit of problem, that's when your medication can actually be helpful. 
Okay, so if we switch gears here and, and think about what do you see as the future of skincare, and do you think that is minimalist skincare? Mm-hmm. It is, and you know, it's interesting. I, 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 uh, I've, I've done so many podcasts and interviews now, and I'm kind of on the cusp of, like my book is sort of, if I'd written this five years ago, it would have, I think it would have not made as big an impact as it has now because, you know, we're so oversaturated in this market of uh, beauty and skincare that the pendulum at some point has to swing backward. You know, if you think about, if you talk to any chemist who can makes products, you really only need six to ten ingredients for something to work properly. Everything else that's added in is marketing. Oh, this one has, you know, some sort of uh, root from Africa that's going to help with your hair texture. I mean, it's all marketing, right, um, for the vast majority of it. So the less is more approach to skincare is starting to take hold. Like, let's take the Canadian brand, The Ordinary, for, for, an, you know, for an example. They, some of their products have two ingredients. Um, they're in glass bottles, so recyclable. Um, they they are cheap. They're twelve dollars. I mean, this is where skincare needs to go. Um, I think it's going to be hard. Uh, the multi-billion-dollar companies that um, you know are cover the shelves in the drugstore. Those are the ones that need to come on board, and and um, that's going to be tough because it's just such a it's a billion-dollar industry to try to change. But I think we're starting to see some of it. Less is more, less ingredients, um, no fragrance. Um, be careful of plants. Plants can be, give you rashes. They can be, you know, there was a study uh, last year published that showed tree tea oil and lavender oil in young boys uh, showed, uh, had hormone disruption, breast development. You know, just because it's plant-based doesn't mean it's safe. Just because it's synthetic doesn't mean it's bad. There are good synthetics Bad synthetics, good plants, bad plants. It's not black and white. Dr. Sandy, you've given us so much great information um, in these last few minutes. Is there anything else that we have not touched upon yet that you think is important for our listeners to know? Mm. I think it's very important to get this message out to young people. Um, a lot of, you know, <laughs> I had a young resident in my clinic the other day, and he said, oh, you know, your book's great, but, you know, no one reads anymore. I'm like, oh, that's not so. That's not true, <laughs> and uh, I hope. And I think uh, so. Podcasts and websites, and you know, the social media thing is is very important. But I, I had one patient buy five books to give to all of her granddaughters. I mean, I think the younger generation, because they're the ones that are so um, uh, touched by all of this advertising, and they need to. It needs to filter down maybe from parents and um, and uh, that's, yeah, that's one of the things I'd like to, and, and kids, if you teach your kids that they don't need any of this stuff and, and, and it's very rudimentary, like what you really need to do to yourself, hopefully some of that takes hold. Dr. Sandy, how can our listeners find out more about you and where can they get a copy of your book? So my book is available on Amazon and uh, Indigo and um Google Play, it's available in the U.S. and Canada. It's going to be published in Czech Republic and Vietnam this year. Um, you can buy it at the bookstores. Um, my website is basically my name, drsandyscottnicky.com. And uh, if you just type in Beyond Soap, you'll, you'll find my websites. 
Um, I have a dedicated website to the product elimination diet, www.producteliminationdiet.com, which I update. Um, it's been really satisfying. Readers and have sent, you know, what do you think about this product? What do you think about that product? And I, I review them. I add some. I change. I remove if the company has changed the ingredients. So it's an active website, and um, it's free. You can you know, download the, the, the list. It's, there's actually a mobile site. So when you're shopping, you know what to get. Um, and I'm not, I'm not being paid for any of this. This is not, you know, it's not endorsed. I don't get a cut. So it's really in the best interest of patients. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to find all of those links that Dr. Skutnicki just mentioned and that we put those in the podcast notes so that you can easily find her book and all of her great resources. Dr. Skutnicki, thank you so much for being my special guest today. I have learned so much. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, you asking me because uh, the more of these that I do, the, the more the message gets out. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Sandy Skutnicki. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.